This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jilly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castorbrus. Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 84. 84. <laughs> I feel like I can't move on now <laughs> until you've done that bit. I feel like I want one of those voice modulators as well so I can change it up a bit each week. But alas, I don't have one. Alas. Yeah. You could get one of those. I'm pretty sure there's been a. I'm thinking at the moment of Star Wars ones where you've got like a Darth Vader or something, a mask. Oh, I know, yeah. And it, I'm pretty sure I've seen a Dalek one of those or a, a Cyberman one. I'm, oh. There is one, isn't there? Yeah, I've got a Cyberman one somewhere, actually. Ah, this could be the key. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I, I once uh, I bought it from a charity shop. It was in the window. Uh, once when I was on my lunch break at work, I just saw it in this window and I went back to work wearing it, thinking they'd all find it hilarious and hardly anyone batted an eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was wasted. Completely it was, wasted. It was, yeah. But it did look cool on my desk for that day. I did love having a Cyberman head next to my computer at work for that day, so that was cool. That, I tell you what, that's legend status right there. <laughs> just sitting at work all day with a Cyberman helmet on. I've that's got amazing. a photo. I'll, I'll have to, I will try and dig it out. To, to, to prove it because I've got a photo of it somewhere um, but yeah it was just it was just in a charity shop window I just happened to be go up there for my lunch break to get a sarnie and saw it so you can imagine my eyes and it was I can't remember how much it was it wasn't expensive I was like getting that taking that back with me <laughs> uh, this reminds me of something really funny um, at my old job um, which was in a really big office um, we had this Halloween thing where we are all going to wear masks and stuff and one of the guys got it wrong, got the got the date wrong. So as we were all coming in one morning, there was this guy sat there in just like normal, like office attire, had like a big werewolf mask on, <laughs> and uh, he was just at his desk acting completely normal, like it was a normal day with this werewolf mask. Yeah. And um, yeah, he got his dates wrong, so nobody else was in any kind of costume, obviously. But fair play to him, he wore it most of the day. He just thought outside gonna... it. Yeah, I was going to say, did he wear it all day? Like yeah, Teen just, Wolf. Yeah, just left it on. Brilliant. How have you been, buddy? Oh, I've been good. I've been very good, actually. Yeah, yeah. I've been a, another weekend, another signing. Oh, this is getting <laughs> I, out of control now. It is getting out of control, but <laughs> I think this might be my last one for a while, so I made made the most of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good. I went to the Phantom March signing in Chiswick. And uh, yep. it was a really good day, actually. It was really good. Me and you have been to a couple of the Chiswick ones before, haven't we? Yes, very so good. So you know the school, very yeah. relaxed, very, um, uh, what do you what do you call it? Not, you know, not not that many people, very intimate. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, there was, uh, we had Jago and Lightfoot were there, who were just fantastic. Uh, Christopher Benjamin and Trevor Baxter. Um, really, nice. really, they, you know, sometimes you meet someone and they're nothing like you imagine. Yes. Um, yep. both those guys were exactly as you imagine. They are just the nicest old gentlemen. <laughs> they're just so polite. And, you know, even Hello. when they were going out, they really Hello. were, they were just lovely. We've not even, been to one of these in years. 
<laughs> that's what they were they were just <laughs> they were just charming um even when they were going out i heard um trevor saying to the organizer well absolutely wonderful event you've organized it so very well and all that and i just think they're just the nicest guys it was just brilliant um who else was there dan starkey was there he was very nice as well santaha santaha uh, got a very cool autograph of him yep. uh, where he wrote that on it he um, seems like a nice guy is he cool Yes, he is. Yes, yep. he, he is a really nice guy. Yeah, very, very sort of easygoing. Yeah, yeah, like old Dan. Uh, Ken Bones was there, the general. Oh, yeah. yeah. I asked him, I did say to him, like, you know, we we're all gutted when he got shot. And he said, <laughs> oh, all the fans are saying that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I said, yeah, but I said it's not true, so anything could happen. True, um, true. He was very cool. He had a very nice cravat on. Um, and Cynthia Grenville was there. Now, ah. you would have loved her, mate. You would have loved her because she was so nice. She's completely balmy. <laughs> and uh, Cynthia Grenville obviously played Marin in, in The Brain of Morbius. I'm Brain sure Morbius, I just yeah. know that, but yeah. just, just in case you don't. Um, she was just so much fun. I really, I've got some photos with her, but she wouldn't, because I only had my iPhone. Um, she, she, she sort of did a couple of poses, so they're all kind of blurred. Um, but she's sort of pulling faces in all of them okay but unfortunately they all look a bit strange because the iphone is rubbish if anyone yeah. dares to move yeah so um yeah i didn't get a sort of particularly decent picture with her but she was she was so good she was so nice and i think she just would have cracked you up mate she said something about I, when i said my name's adam she said oh where's eve and i said are you offering and she did this really manic cackly laugh <laughs> like a real much like a filthy sort of <laughs> you know she loved it she was great fun yeah, so it was a really good event. I got some good, good autographs and stuff, and photo shoot with Jago and Lightfoot, and it was all good, mate. And um, as I say, I've been to a lot of signing lately, but unfortunately, I think this may be the last one for a while. Uh, we, I know me and you say what that. I, we say that with. Yeah, well, um, I've got to, got to, got to rein it in a little bit. I think now, save up some money. I think yeah, probably the next one, um, uh, for me anyway, would probably be, um, the 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 big London one. The Capital or the... No, is it the Showmasters London Film and Comic Con? When's that, June, July time? Yes, yeah, yeah. Unless there's, there are any smaller ones we can get to in the meantime, I'm not sure, but yeah. So that's normally a, a good day. Yes, yeah, I think that that's that's definitely on the radar, actually, because that's a couple of months away, so... Yeah, providing it's not too hot. Yeah. I went, uh, one year I went, it was like 32 degrees <laughs> outside, <laughs> right. and there was people in full-on costume, literally, oh. like boil in the bag yeah they were being cooked slowly outside so <laughs> i felt really sorry for them um but once you're inside i'm actually no that's not true because it was still really hot inside there's no aircon in those places but no it never um, is. but it's, it's a really good day though those big those big old show masters i'm not i'm still not sure on some of the guests sometimes no it can be a bit iffy it's a bit hit and miss you have to sort of plan plan those ahead if you want to go to them but generally the big london one's a good day loads of cosplayers yeah i do i enjoy those i'm hoping to get up to that one as well i mean there's not at the minute there's there's some good guests on there but i think most of dot two ones i've already met but like you said i think i might just come up just to soak up the atmosphere a bit yeah it's good just to hang out and take it all in yeah that's right and i do love all the cosplay stuff i'm glad we're getting more into that over here yes Yeah, it's all good. So, have you been up to much in in this last week? I know you you couldn't make Phantom, although you did try. But you've yeah, been I up did to try. Anything else? Yeah, I did put my name down for because that's how I got a ticket last time. I think mm. to one of those. 
I stuck my name down and uh, those guys are really good. They were like, yeah, yeah, you can have a ticket. Um, but I didn't hear back this time, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would have joined you, mate. But um, yeah, this week, um, not much really. It was the... I, I dug out um, Series 1 and watched Rose as it was the 11th anniversary on oh, yeah. Saturday just gone. 11 years. I know. It seems crazy. It's shocking. Yeah. yeah. So I watched... I really enjoy Rose, you know. I just really like the whole... Um, like the approach that they took to it you can tell you know back then um, as we said numerous times i think i think when we reviewed rose we went through all of that stuff but it's just a really good like it's almost like an origin story like that new setup and establishing the new character well these characters again for a new audience and stuff it was it just got that really nice you know here we go the adventure starts again from here kind of thing it's great so enjoy watching i watched it on blu-ray this time yeah because um, I've got that on I've got Series 1 on Blu-ray, and it's not too bad on Blu-ray, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. I thought because it was on, on some of those um, uh, Blu-ray uh, TV series that you can buy, especially stuff that was filmed in standard definition a few years back, sometimes the upscale isn't that great, really. Yeah, sometimes really... you get a bit of masking and jarring when they move, yeah. don't you? Yeah, there's, there's not much point in in getting it because there's, you know, there's just not a lot to work with. Other, you know, other than something like Spearhead from Space, where obviously oh, yeah. the original footage was already in a decent format, so it suits it really well. But with Rose, especially um, with well, the series one and the Blu-ray, the audio mix is so good. You know, it's got a really really thumping. You know, they've upped the bass a little bit. It's a really good mm. surround mix. So. Yeah, really enjoyed watching Rose, and um, it was good just to watch Twitter that day as well. Yeah, like that's the right. Anniversary yeah. stuff, it's all good. Um, not much else, really. Um, sadly, the BBC shop has now closed its doors as of a couple of days ago. Feels a bit weird. It feels I don't, very I don't odd. Like yeah. not having it there. Like, um, yeah, because it was the tab was still up on my phone, so. You know, it, it sort of reloaded yesterday or the day before, whatever it was, and yeah. it just come up with this page no longer exists. And I was like, oh, no, that just feels wrong. You know, I, I, I liked the BBC shop. We, yeah. you know, we had our issues like any good relationship, but, <laughs> but I liked having them there and I did use them. I liked their exclusives and all that sort of thing. So Yeah, I will miss that. Definitely... Did, you, did you get anything from their sale? No. All oh, right, because they no. were selling a lot. Of, thing was, yeah, be quick because exactly, they were, yeah. del- you know, they were discounting so much stuff and some really good stuff. But it was going, and I do, I have seen a lot of tweets and emails and things, um, or comments rather, of people that ordered stuff and then got emails saying, you know, sorry, we yeah, haven't actually yeah. got any stock of that. It does seem to be that um, because of the amount of orders they got in, there's been a few issues. Um, with stock and people not getting what they've ordered. So I don't know, hopefully they've managed to sort through that now, but yeah. Yeah. We spoke to a couple of people on Twitter about their, their orders and stuff. And it is a shame um, that some of it got canceled and so on, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I just jumped on it too late. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I was going to get a, a stack of classic DVDs, but the ones that they had left, I'd already got. And um, yeah, so I think I just got it too late. Yeah, I'm on the same. I mean, anything. There was a couple of bits I sort of looked at, but like I said, by the time I'd done anything about it, they'd, they'd all gone. Yeah. It was amazing how quickly the classic DVDs 
um, I think by day two of them announcing and closing, it was down to like six titles, wasn't it? It went down yeah. really yeah. quickly. Like there was just suddenly it was down to like the Green Death and and, <laughs> and a few others. It was like, really? Uh, so, yeah. Obviously, they were selling them so cheap, though, weren't they? They were like three pounds. Yeah, it's nuts in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a guy. Um, every now and then, I pop onto this website called AV Forums because they do like they've got this section about collectibles and Blu-ray discs and stuff like that. And there was a thread that somebody created that said BBC Shop closing down. And this one guy had ordered a hundred and seventy quid's worth of mm. of classic DVDs. Oh, wow. So this was like day two after they announced the closure. Yeah. So it was almost like like the apocalypse, <laughs> you know, when you have to go panic buying. Yeah. This, the guy obviously was like, oh, my God. You know, and there was talk as well before of that, of um, the BBC, you know, potentially not. Because, you know, when the whole rumor's going around when stuff closes and they're like oh my god they're not going to make dvds anymore yeah, um, yeah so this guy obviously was like oh no so he just went on and just ordered like a ton of classic dvds it's probably him he yeah, probably yeah, just wiped the out lot. the bloody warehouse imagine that um, coming through the post that's awesome especially if it's my postman and throwing it over the wall <laughs> just <laughs> smashed cases and discs in the garden when you get home lovely but no yeah, yeah that's a, that's quite a Quite a purchase. Yeah, so it's now gone digital, apparently. If you try and visit the shop, it just forwards you to the new BBC store. Oh, right. With okay. a little holding page. It says, we've now gone digital. Mm. So you can purchase all of your... Well, they haven't got all of the classics up yet, but you can purchase most of um, all Doctor Who stuff online, if that floats your boat. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, no. it's good old Amazon and Zavi yes. and those places from now on. I guess they, I like the physical thing. I'm afraid I like to have a box on the shelf. I can't be doing with this digital stuff. Yeah. Or HMV, like High Street stuff. HMV have still got huge ranges of classic DVDs in their shop mm. still. Yeah. Forbidden Planet, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind being ignored for a little while, it's fine. <laughs> let's 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 move on before we we fly down that rabbit hole. Um, let's, before before I reach for the rant sound clip, I'm going to yeah. reach for the TARDIS landing clip. So let's do that and do do the news. First up, and I hate starting with bad news. Yeah. I always hate it, but it's good to recognise, you know, past compatriots of, of who on our screen. So, unfortunately, um, Adrienne Corrie uh, has passed away. Uh, you would know her as Mina uh, in the 1980 story, The Leisure Hive, mm. um, which I think was the early part of Tom Baker's last run, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the first one in his last season. I know you love that word. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting story that one because obviously it was a had a new title sequence and Tom goes into his beige costume and it was sort of a yeah interesting time and that that's the first one yeah. of that series. So it's yeah. got an in, it's the one with the <laughs> incredibly long shot of the beach at the start it goes um, on for what seems like yeah 10 minutes or something. the episode yeah. um but yeah so yeah i do do yeah do remember this actress in there and she, she loves was the, good yeah crazy hairstyles yeah she was good as mina 
She's good, Very yeah. Good. She was in a couple of other bits as well. Um, I don't remember seeing her in it, but A Clockwork Orange and Dr. Shivago. I don't remember her in those, but yeah, she was in those apparently. Yeah, I was trying to think that when I saw earlier that she was in Clockwork Orange. I mean, it's, it's a little while since I've seen it. I don't, mm. I can't remember who she was in it, but um, there's a lot of women in that film. It's a strange film, though, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did, I mean, I, only, I didn't get to see that for years because it's banned and all that. But then it then it finally got released, and it's actually a really clever story. But not the it's not the easiest to watch. I have to say. Yeah, you have to uh, psych yourself up for that one. So maybe she was yeah. in one of the bits where I had my hand over my eyes oh, yeah, could be. watch yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so adrienne cory unfortunately has passed away um uh but she had um good old innings 1930 to this year yeah 85 she was yes so there we go in happier news um michelle gomez has been nominated for a bafta award um Yay. nominations for this year's baftas have now been announced and uh she's been up for well she's been nominated for the supporting actress category for her role as missy in doctor who so um i have to say i don't know about you gary but missy really grew on me um in the series nine opener i had to think which series it was then Um, i really actually quite liked her she was just a tiny bit over the top at times but i i did really enjoy her especially in in the first part i thought she was she was great so yes there was always going to be some some uh, strange feelings towards Missy, wasn't there? Because mm. the master obviously coming back as a female, it's always going to be a big change-up. Um, and it needed somebody who could just literally hit the ground running. Um, and because she wasn't in it a lot, they needed somebody that when she was in it, you couldn't forget, you know, those episodes <laughs> where... because And, and I think... That that's for for me. That's the thing about Michelle Gomez is that those episodes where she was there, you can't forget really. You mm. know a lot of the scenes that she was in. So fair play. This is um, this is great. I'm very surprised that there's no Capaldi nomination. Yeah, that that's a bit of a bone of contention because, mm. come on, the Zygon Zygon speech. For yeah, example is just yeah. I mean his performance overall. You know as. I'm very, very surprised. Mm-hmm. He absolutely smashed it a lot of the time. And yeah. to, he literally took it up a notch from from Series 8 up into Series 9. You could absolutely tell that he was really getting into it. Mm. Um, and uh, and some of, some of the performances, yeah, like the Zygon speech and um, his performance um, in Hellbent, um, and, oh yeah, that was fantastic. You know, and yeah, yeah some, and obviously, you know, loads of our little bits started around the series. Mm. Just absolutely amazing. So it's great news for Michelle Gomez, and completely deserved. Um, but a little bit, little bit surprised that Capaldi mm. didn't even get get a look in. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, do we do we know who did get a look in? Who's who is up this year? Um, I'm not sure. Um, no, I just wonder because you're right. It would, I mean, yeah, it would certainly be nice to have seen him, seen him nominated. Um, just to let you know who Michelle Gomez is is up against, um, Eleanor Worthington Cox from the Enfield Haunting. That wasn't too bad, you know. That wasn't. Yeah. I think they're referring to the young girl. I've not watched it. Who was? I think so anyway. But yeah, it was. It wasn't too bad. She was good anyway. Okay. Uh, Chanel Creswell from This Is England ninety. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yep. And uh, Leslie Manville. For River 
Oh, I should have done my BAFTA voice. I just realized. <laughs> and Leslie Manville from River. Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't even know what River is. Do you? Apart from River Song, but I don't know what River is. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm. I'm. I don't know what that is. But um, so, <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Yeah, the only um, the only bit of serious competition I would say is uh, uh, Chanel Cresswell because I think This Is England is a really really popular show. Yeah. Yeah. So true. That could be. Yes, that could be the only thing. What is the Enfield haunting? Uh, it was a two-parter, I think, two or three-parter, um, uh, starring uh, what's his name, Timothy Spalding. Oh, is it Timothy Spalding? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, but that's old, isn't it? No, well, <laughs> it, that's the clever thing. It was. It, it's based on a, a supposedly true story from the seventies. Yeah. So the show was made to look like it's in the 70s. No, no, but what, what I mean is I, I have watched this, and actually I really enjoyed it, but I watched it ages ago. Yeah, I thought it, it was like a couple of years old. It was out last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I have to say it was really good, but obviously I want Missy to win. <laughs> yes, we want Missy <laughs> I, to win, don't we? Yeah, I've just realised, yeah, of course. I, I, I thought it rang a bell, that Enfield haunting. I just couldn't place it. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, good luck, Michelle. We are rooting for you. Of course we are, yeah. <laughs> are uh, when's the BAFTAs on? When is it? Um, it must be soon if they if they're doing nominations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure when it is actually. Yeah, but uh, we'll watch that for sure to see uh, see if Missy gets a yeah. look in on that one. Just imagine her speech will be crazy as well, won't it? I mean, Michelle's mad in real <laughs> life, so yeah. I hope she wins it just to see her speech. <laughs> and she is good. Just before we move on to Merch Corner, um, me and the missus watch a show called Gotham. Oh yes, yeah. And she's just popped up in that, and she's brilliant. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So she's a great actress, so fingers crossed. Yeah. Indeed. Shall we talk to these Daleks? Yes, I think we should. <laughs> Merch Corner. Merch Corner. Merch Corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. It's a bit rubbish. It's a bit rubbish, that. So first up... Um, this might be good, because last week when we told you guys about an audiobook, um, we weren't too impressed overall. Uh, this one seems pretty good, though. What was that? I'm trying to think what it was. It was the Tenth Doctor Tales. Oh, yeah, no. That was a collection of already released mm-hmm. uh, for 35 quid. Yeah. Uh, this one might uh, tickle your fancy, mate. Fans of the First Doctor. Uh, we like this one. It's the time meddler. Oh yeah, I do. I like that story. I do. We've yeah. we've done it. We've done it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great story. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be. Um, uh, it's the unabridged version, read by uh, Nigel Robinson. Okay. Yeah. And it it's will... read by him, is it? Yeah. Okay. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I was looking earlier. I was trying to find out who was reading it. It's written um, by him, I think. Oh, so yeah, the the story was written by him. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's actually been announced who's reading it yet. I couldn't find it earlier when I was looking because I was kind of intrigued. No, it's a bit more, um, bit more of a reasonable price. This one, mm. uh, twenty quid. Not too bad. And a bit of a wait though. It's not out till October. Oh. Did you ever uh, get your um, Tom Baker one, the the Brain of Morbius that you were going to track down? Um. Was it that one? I remember you would you would you were thinking of getting one. I think it was Brain of Morbius, wasn't it? It was Brain of Morbius. Yeah, no, I haven't yeah. got it yet. No. Oh right, okay. No. I just wondered. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, but some of the uh, some of the classic Who stories um, are actually really really good. I I reckon for um for audio books because they're from that time where um it was like with newer stories like with these tense Doctor stories that have come out and stuff. It's very um. Very, it caters obviously to a very modern audience and so on. Mm. Whereas these ones, the older ones that were based on, or you know, originally written for the classic years, um, even in audiobook format, they have that slower pacing almost. Yeah, and they yeah. have a lot more sort of time devoted to sort of characters and settings and stuff like that. So I really like the classic stuff that's um, that's gone on to audio. So yes, I must admit I've good. got a couple. I um, don't know whether you'd like or not, but I've got a couple read by Matthew Waterhouse. <laughs> now, before you laugh, um, one of them is The Visitation. I have to say, okay. he does a very good job reading it, and it's a really good one. Okay. Because <laughs> right. it's a good story. It's yeah. a good story anyway. Um, but yes, he, he reads out. I forget what the other one is. Um, God, it's been a while since I bought them. I do remember they arrived to- smashed through the post, which won't surprise you. Because those, <laughs> those uh, BBC ones tend to be in those big chunky cases that you can't get replacements for anywhere. Like I've got loads of them, and I think every single one of them's like got a hinge broken, or they always arrive smashed. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it's not like like a normal CD case where you could just swap it for some old album that you never listen to anymore. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. I, the reason I mentioned the Brain of Morbius earlier is because I was sure I had that when when you mentioned getting it. Okay. Yeah. I went and had a look through my very dusty shelf of <laughs> of BBC audios, and I was sure I had it, and I'm still sure I've got it somewhere, but I haven't found it yet. But um, I'll let you know if I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I won't I'll... lend it to you, but I'll let you, just let you know I've got it. I was going to say, <laughs> <I> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't lend my stuff to anyone ever. Nothing, nothing I own ever leaves this house. But uh, but I'll just show it to you <laughs> over Skype. That'd be nice. <laughs> or I'll let you listen to it over Skype. You know, I'm quite easy going like that. Just press play and walk away. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, sorry, it, that was my mistake. It was not read by Nigel Robinson. Obviously, he's the author, yeah. uh, but we don't know who's going to be um, reading this yet. But it's pretty good value. It's um, uh, it's around four hours long. Mm. So for twenty quid, it's not bad. And there's quite a few of these. I really like the covers as well. Yeah, I think a lot of them nice. tend to be the the actual original um, Target book covers, don't they? I know, like the yep. is it Day of the Daleks, which is the one that's got like the Dalek head and it's just exploding so it's like the eye and there's all fire around it i think it's day of the daleks but i could be wrong okay. um, and that's one of the original covers so yeah so i agree with you i love all that yeah so, october october we shall wait to see who's reading it yes yes <laughs> um fans of the leftbridge stewart novels uh, there's a new one just come up for pre-order uh, it's amazing to think actually that's you know when when we first got that very first one uh, and, and then we're already on the, this must be the fifth, sixth. Yep. You know, it's incredible how time goes so quick. But yes, Moon Blink is the latest one that's up for pre-order, uh, written by Sadie Miller. And you can get a free short story download, um, which is called The Black Eggs of Kafu. So if you go to the Candy Jar website, Candy Jar are the publishers, go to their website, and all you've got to do is click on the cover of this short story and you'll get a free little free little download of it. PDF. And it's got yep. PDF, yeah. Yep. And it's well worth doing. These, these books are great. I mean, I've got I've got the first four. I'll be getting be getting all of these. I love them. And I've just clicked on the download this morning, so I've got that. 
It's a great so, series. It really, really it is. is great yeah. series. And it's really popular as well. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that the uh, that Who fans have have embraced this story because, I mean, it was fairly. Uh, the, the first book was um was was a given really because the character is so good. Yeah. You know, obviously Lethbridge Stewart, one of the greatest characters to come out of Doctor Who. Um, but it's great that the the series has continued, and we're on now. I'm sure this is what book five or six now, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was say, well, I've got the first four, so this is fifth or six, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's great. It's, it really is a great series. So um, uh, it's not too late to jump on board and and order the first one and start reading through. They're a great read. You were saying about covers a minute ago as well, and I love the covers to these. They're brilliant, aren't they? They're really. Yeah, I can't. I can't sort of quite explain it but they're sort of i don't know they've they're just got a style of their own haven't they i was going to say nostalgic um i don't know they're really cool yeah i know we use the they're word great. cool a lot but they really are <laughs> no, love they the are. covers to these books yeah yeah they're fantastic so yeah get your free download jump on the website candyjar.co.uk um and just click on the on the link and it's called the black eggs of kafu the free yeah. short story yeah and that's, that's by good. that's by tom dexter Tom Dexter, yeah. Yes. Uh, that'll do for much. Yes, that's it. Adam. Yes, Gary. Yes, Gary. <laughs> oh, no, I was oh, going to no. do that to you. I'll do that to you. Oh, quick, get on the, what's it called? <laughs> Crusader 50. Let's, let's head to midnight. Sky. Sky. Are you all right? Are you all right? Are you hurt? Are you hurt? You don't have to talk. You don't have to talk. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. My name's the Doctor. My name's the Doctor. Okay, can you stop? Okay, can you stop? I'd like you to stop. I'd like you to stop. Why is she doing that? Why is she doing that? She's gone mad. She's gone mad. Stop it. Stop it. I said stop I it. I said stop it. I don't think she can. I don't think she All can. All right, now stop it. This isn't funny. All right, now stop it. This isn't funny. Shh, 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 shh. All of you. My name's Jethro. My name's Jethro. Jethro, leave it. Just shut Jethro, up. leave it. Just shut up. Why are you repeating? Why are you repeating? What is that, learning? What is that, learning? Copying? Copying? Absorbing? Absorbing? The square root of pi is 1.7245385090551602789 The square root of pi is 1.7245385090551602789816748334114 Wow! Spooky. First time I watched that, I absolutely crapped my pants. I'm not surprised. I really did. Mm. Scary. Yeah, it is. It is one <laughs> of the creepiest yes. Doctor Who stories I think we've had from the new series. Yep. I'd agree with that. Do you want to know something then? First time I watched it, I thought it was rubbish. Okay. Honestly, yeah. Really? Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was sat there thinking, what is this? I what did is all wonder. this shouting? Yep. What is all this? Am I watching EastEnders now? Oh, how wrong I was. But oh, really? anyway, okay. yeah, we'll go into the review. Yeah, I did wonder, because last week at the end of the show, you did say it's going to be an interesting one, but not for the mm. reasons you think. So, okay, you mm. might have had a change of... Okay. Uh, right, yo, 2008, 14th of June, this came out. Um, written by RTD. 
Mm. Uh, directed by Alice Troughton. No relation. No relation. Um, to anyone, Troughton. To anyone, <laughs> well, She is related to somebody, Troughton, but nobody who related. Yeah. Not, not a who, Troughton. Yeah. Uh, so, plot is very easy. Uh, the Doctor's very excited to be going out on a little excursion um, out into the... Uh, in, into the onto the planet of midnight in a little tour bus thing, a little shuttle thing. Um, inevitably, uh, it breaks down. Bad, bad monster thingy, uh, which we never see, which we'll come on to, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, manages to get inside the shuttle, possesses one of the uh, passengers, um, and from that point on, paranoia and fear and panic just ensue um, uh, until... Uh, a very, very um, brave, unnamed uh, hostess saves the day, and then everybody looks very downtrodden and ashamed. Mm. Um, so that's pretty much it. And all this time, Don has been in relaxing and enjoying herself in a spa. <laughs> She's had her feet up. Yeah. Um, and I say, I mean, it's Donna's got got it pretty good actually, because if we think to poor old. Uh, Poor old Bonnie Langford. Yeah. She was crying out for a break and a holiday. <laughs> and never got it. Yeah, and the only time she got near a pool, there was a blimmin' yellow monster waiting yellow... for her in there. She, she just couldn't catch a break. Yeah, whereas Donna, she's having a lovely spa day and everything. So. <laughs> um, midnight, mate. Um, I wanted to do this one for a little while because it's it's a very different episode in terms yeah. of how, it's, how, it, how it was made and... And how it comes across, it's not your typical running down corridors, uh, uh, rubber suit monsters and companions crying or kissing the doctor, anything like that. It's um, it's very different, um, which I quite like about the the RTD era because they took a couple of risks, didn't they, with um, things like uh, love and monsters and yeah, those yeah. type of, of episodes where it just took you out of the norm. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a typical Doctor Who episode, and uh, it's essentially like um, like drama club, really. In a mm, way, it's yeah. just a it's just yeah. a bunch of people sat around, um, and using nothing more than a script and and their acting skills. There's no, uh, you know, with the exception of a few very dodgy looking landscape CG shots of a glistening diamond filled sapphire planet. Um, everything is, there's no, expl- well, there is some explosions, but there's no CG monsters. There's no CG explosions and fireworks. There's no, nothing really. No, it's, it's all, it's very contained, isn't it? It's yeah. all very claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah. So do you like it? What Do you think it works? Do I like it? Um, I love it. You love it. I love it because um, with the exception of a couple Mm. Um, of people I think the performances are brilliant mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's one of those episodes where you cannot you cannot pause it to go and make a cup of tea you know you, you can't get your phone out and start tweeting and stuff while watching at the same time which people have a mm. habit of doing these days with TV but it, yeah I just can't take my eyes off it I have to watch it from start to finish it's really gripping and very suspenseful it's really creepy Mm. Really, for 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 people who um, who don't mind horror films, 
about possession and stuff like that. They're probably not too bothered about it, but that stuff really creeps me out yeah, in a yeah. big way. So to have that, and although Murray Gold's music doesn't really stand out too much in this one, it really is suspenseful and quite, like we heard in the clip just then, it is really mm. like eerie as well. So it really adds to it, yeah. Yeah. So although it's not amazing, like it's not a, an episode you, you would think like, oh, the Murray Gold music and that one's brilliant. It it does mm. still add to the atmosphere, and uh, yeah, it's really creepy. So um, but I love it though. I, I can't I can't take my eyes away from it. You know, once I've started watching, it, especially when they get going. Yeah. So, you know that that bit at the um near the beginning where uh the 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 shuttle breaks down and the doctor goes into the the front cabin where the drivers are and the mechanic. From that moment on, when one of the guys thinks he sees a shadow outside, mm. from that moment on, it's just like white knuckle all the way to the end, pretty much. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. So you love it. Okay. Love it. Um, yeah. First time I watched this <laughs> was when it aired. Yep. Um, as I said, I got to the end of it, didn't get it, thought it was just a load of shouting nonsense, didn't watch it again for years. Yeah. Was going through the box set with my other half, um, trying to brainwash brainwash him into watching it. And we'd sort of gone through most of them, and I thought, oh, midnight, oh, I suppose we've watched the others. We could, oh, we'll, I'll put that one on next. So that was the next time I watched it. Yep. And I think I remember saying something like, yeah, it's not one of the better episodes, but, you know, it's, it's got some good bits. Watched it and just couldn't believe I was watching the same episode. Um, oh, really? I, it was that much of a difference? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, as I said, it must have been two years since, you know, later that I, I watched it again. I just loved it. I just sat there and it got to the end of it and I just thought, that is a brilliant, brilliant episode. What didn't I see the mm -hmm. first time? Like, why did it not, you know, register with me? And uh, obviously I watched it again for this review um, two nights ago, again yeah. with my other half, actually. And we both thought it was we'll get to the end and we both just absolutely loved it um i think it's just brilliant i in fact we, we enjoyed it so much um considering uh, i got moaned at for uh, what was actually said i said oh i need to watch the episode for review and whenever i said oh can't you watch it when i'm not around and i said no it's the david Turner one you'll like it um by the end of the episode we actually ended up watching two more uh episodes from the box set because we, we enjoyed it that much we were like oh, let's watch some more um so we watched the science and library and forest of the dead or whatever it's called um yeah so yeah it's i think it's just brilliant um like you said there's a, there's a couple of tiny little bits in terms of performance from some of the cast but on the whole they're pretty good um but yeah uh, it's I think it's a brilliant episode. And I think the music, just, just so that I don't forget, really, really helps to make this what it is. Yes, it, it does. Is, I think Murray is is really on, on firing on all cylinders on this one because it's not too overbearing. Like you said, sometimes you might not even notice mm -hmm. that it's that that's creating the atmosphere. It just blends brilliantly with the action. Uh, well, it's not really action, is it? It's drama. It is, it's full-on drama, yeah. Drama yeah. on screen. Um yeah, no, I love it, mate. I absolutely love it. I don't know why it took me so long to, to go back to it, but but I love it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think um, it's really interesting that you say that because 
there have been times when we've reviewed episodes or stories um, and we've had that to a degree where we've watched we've watched one maybe a couple of years ago and we thought yeah I didn't really mind it and then when we come to watch it it's like yeah I still don't mind it but I appreciate this bit a bit more or that bit more so we maybe you know add a point onto the score that yeah. we probably wouldn't have done when we originally watched it but for you to have such a big turnaround that's that's good yeah, and it really yeah. was because, as I said, I, I because we were working our way through the box set, and I was trying to find good episodes <laughs> to get my partner into it. So I left it really late to actually put this one on because I just remember thinking, "Oh, I didn't like that one; that was rubbish." So yeah. yeah, it really was a big change. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I watched it again. Yeah, you know, and just, it's I just it's great, and it's followed by another really good episode, isn't it? Turn left. Yes, yeah, I know, yeah. another one, yeah. Well, we were saying, actually, when watching this, um, my partner was like, oh, Doctor Who was so much better um, back then, was, was, you know, and I thought, well, I don't know, when I go back and watch some of this stuff, it really has stood, a lot of it, not all of it, but some of it has really stood the test of time Yeah, and stands up really, really well. Um, so I must admit, there is definitely, they were definitely firing on all cylinders, I think, with Series 4. I really like a lot of it. Yeah, it's um, great. And uh, yeah, okay, the, you said about CGI, it perhaps looks a bit dainted. I don't think it looks any worse than some of the stuff we've had in Series 8 or 9, to be honest, but it doesn't look too bad. You know, it still stands up pretty good, I think. Yeah, it does, for the most part. I mean, yeah, you can tell at this point in the series that they had spent a lot of the budget on effects in the previous stories. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a great deal. I mean, there wasn't a great deal to do anyway. Like I said, it was just those outside landscapey shots and they look dreadful is... come on we can't beat around the bush they ab- i don't think they look dreadful really uh, it looks uh... to me like an old it looks to me like an old 80s cartoon <laughs> i mean um, it's very very blurry and very there's yeah. no texture to it and it's very it, it does look dreadful um, i wouldn't yeah i don't know i didn't think it looked too bad it doesn't look great but i didn't think it was awful i um I think this was probably quite a budget-light episode because yes. obviously Donna's not in it, so it's the companion-light episode which they used to do, didn't they? In fact, still do in a, in a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's only got the one, pretty much one set, which is the spaceship, isn't it? Um, yeah. Apart from that, there's a little bit of location filming, but that, that's it. So it's quite a budget-light episode anyway, I think. Yeah. Well, they were quite pushed for time. Um, well, not pushed for time, but the way that the um, the production... Um, timings were at the end of this series. Mm. Um, uh, Catherine Tate was busy filming Turn Left. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which you'll notice the Doctor's not in hardly at all in Turn Left mm. um, while, was, while he was filming this one. So it was a good way to sort of, you know, amalgamate the filming schedule to bring it down a bit um, as opposed to just doing another full-on episode one after the other. So, um, but not to take anything away from Donna, because I do agree with you about this series. They are firing on all cylinders at this point. Because that, I think so. The last block of Series 4 is absolutely brilliant. I mean, we had the Unicorn and the Wasp, which was not everyone's cup of tea. And it's not bad, but it's not everyone's sort of cup of tea. But then you had Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead, Midnight, Turn Left. So you've yeah. got like a two-hour or, a, well a few hours worth of absolutely brilliant Doctor Who. Yeah, I would agree. That's what, as I said, especially sort of watching a bit bit more the other night, it just, I just, don't know, they were just reminding me how, how blimmin' brilliant 
the, the, these stories were actually yeah. I really was indulging in you know really enjoying it yeah um, that's what I was going to say yeah go on no go on sorry go for it uh, not to take any way, thing away from, doc, from, from Dr. Donna from Catherine Tate um, as Donna because I think she is a massive contribution to how well this series 4 is that she works so well with David Tennant um, but this episode is is good without her yeah, because I think if she was in it, it just would have been a lot of a, a, a lot of Donna doing her shouty Donna, mm. um, and there was enough of that going on already. Yeah. So, so I think yeah. it works well. Not to take anything away because she's been great in series four, but I think this particular episode it suits not having Donna in it. Exactly, and I yeah. I think the same applies to turn left in in but with the other way around. I think she's brilliant in that that story carrying it. And having it right. as a Doctor yeah. Light episode, so they work really well back to back. I think. Yeah. Um. What I was going to say is, what I love about this story is that it starts off a very typical RTD episode, so fluffy, light, you know, nice sort of jokes, and you sort of think it's just very, very standard RTD for the first sort of five ten minutes, and then it really changes up. Yeah. Uh, to to be this dramatic, claustrophobic, and I think very different style for Russell. Um, and I, I just, that's what I love about it. You just you, you're completely thrown into a false sense of security of uh, oh, it's another RTD, you know, episode. What we're going to get this week? And then it really flips it on it on its lid, and you know, it becomes a really intense, scary episode. And it is proper scary. Um, and most of that is done through music, sound effects. I yep. mean, you know, you don't you don't like you said you don't even see the alien or the, the cre- whatever it is that's you know possessing people so it's, it's a really clever episode i think and i would imagine i was going to say really well rehearsed i don't know if it's down to the editing or if it's just incredibly well rehearsed but the bit where they're sort of mimicking each other's speech and doing all that it's done so so well i, I just done it i mean they, you know it's just so well done and as I, yeah. say, I don't know if that's down to the editing or just hours of rehearsal or what i don't know but it's, it's fantastic how well they do it yeah, well, they had to shoot um, several bits of dialogue separately. Right. Um, if you, I don't know if you can cast your mind back to when uh, Doctor Who Confidential was um, was popular back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they uh, on one of those, it shows how they filmed um, uh, Leslie Sharp's character Sky um, filming separately all the different lines and stuff, so they could edit it together. Really? Like clockwork, so everything like linked together. I mean, there was a, a lot of rehearsal for the group stuff. You know, when mm. uh, Sky's going to like one character after another and syncing up and stuff. Um, th- I think there was a lot of rehearsal to do that. But the actual delivery of the lines, I think she did a lot of that separately. Right, that's uh, interesting. Because uh, yeah. she sort of almost mimics the way he says it as well. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought he's she's not just saying the same line. She's almost mimicking his sort of um, tone of voice as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's um the the scenes where it's Sky and the and and the Doctor David Tennant and together you can see them mm-hmm. both together. That was obviously rehearsed, you know, to a to a, a really good point where they could mm-hmm. do that together. But the the scenes where it cuts to Sky, then it cuts back to the the group at the other end of the shuttle, and back and forward, back and forward like that. Those bits are when the, the, um, Leslie Sharp's just been filmed by herself. Right, I see. And then they can just edit together very quickly. But, um, but 
brilliant writing though from Russell T Davis to actually get all that it it, it must be quite a difficult episode to write as well because oh, there's so yeah. much dialogue um and it has to be cleverly done as well mm. with this whole mimicking and copying and and all that stuff it has to I, I i think it's probably one of his most difficult episodes to write yeah purely because there's nothing else to work with other than the dialogue so that has to be perfect and it is a pretty it's a near perfect script to me it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great. brilliant script. Yeah, with the exception of a couple of little lines here and there from slightly mm. annoying characters, mm. um, for the most part, it's it's a great script. It's almost it's almost perfect to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think it's a cracking script. And as I said, I love the fact that I would imagine Russell's. You know, I love the fact he's trying something different, and he's obviously pushed himself in quite a lot to get this to to work. I would imagine this script. Yeah, um, and it's such a nice, simple idea because it's the sort of thing that you do at school, isn't it? To annoy your mate, everything they say, you say it. It's such a nice, simple idea. Yeah, but flipped on its head and, and turned into a really creepy possession, you know, um, yeah. thing. And it's great. And I, even just the scene of her with her back to us is incredibly creepy it's it? horrible it's such yeah. a simple thing but it's just the fact that she's yeah you're thinking oh what's happened is she going to turn around and her face be you know it's just that thing of having her back to us it, it, you know it's, it's really creepy i must admit when i first watched this episode that's mm. what i was expecting because you know because yeah. the doctor because it, it's horrible as well because it's so tense because mm. the doctor gets quite close to her you know, and it's all very calm. He's like, Sky. Yeah. And then she still doesn't turn around and he's getting closer and you're thinking, oh, no my music. God. And then because she's got her hands up and you can't see her face, I was fully expecting her to turn around to have this, like, horrible distorted face because there's, like, mm. a weird alien inside her or something. But the fact that it's not makes it more scary and yeah. more creepy because you don't know what's going on. You can obviously tell that something's not right with her. You can tell that there's something, you know, and the doctor knows it as well. That's another good thing about this story as well, is that you're seeing things, you're seeing like the horror and the shock and everything mm. along with the doctor. Because I know that he jokes later on and says like he's the cleverest guy yeah. in the room at that point. But because because you know that anyway, you, you know through his eyes that he something isn't right. You know, this is really bad. And you're kind of going along with the Doctor and you're seeing it with him and stuff. It It's so good. It's a really, really well written written episode. It's, it's good, actually, because we get to see that it's not often that we get to see the Doctor so genuinely um, out of, you know, things out of his control. Like, you really feel that he's um, he doesn't know what to do in this, yeah. uh, you know, because he's trapped, basically. And we've seen the Doctor trapped before, but he's really... It re you really feel that the, the events that's going on in that capsule are out of his control. He doesn't seem to be able to get a grip on it like he normally would. Um, yeah. And it, I think it pushed, yeah, the fact they pushed the Doctor so far in this that he, you know, to the build-up at the end as well where he's about to be thrown out and you just think, God, the Doctor's really not in control of this. You know, he doesn't really know what's going on. This is really scary stuff. Yeah. You know, because normally you think, that nah, the Doctor's going to save the day, whatever. But in this, you do get that feeling that he just... Doesn't really have it, have it, on, you know, in the can. That that's true. It's one of those rare occasions where he's genuinely scared, mm -hmm. and he's yes. genuinely out of control. Because one of the things that um, that makes the character what it is is that even when, you know, 
the, the stuff's hitting the fan and you think, oh, my God, there's no way that, you know, the doctor can save the day. You know, he's always the, the guy with the plan. So even yeah. when you think that he can't save the day, there's that little nugget of something that he uses and, you know, it's all good. Whereas in this episode, you don't get that at all, do you? Like you say, he's trapped. There's he's nowhere for him to go. No. So it's it's great. It's great to see that character, you know. Um, and it's clever not- the way that they, when they start to turn on him, it's clever the way that they sort of note that, you know, he... he well, we don't even know who you are, and you were you were in the cockpit earlier. What were you doing? And you were tampering with that. It's really clever how they turn all the things he's done to try and help yes. into yep. the fact that actually he could be, the, you know, the person behind it all. And I do I do like the fact he starts off quite smug, like when he goes in the cockpit and he's like that they're sort of giving him some line about why they've stopped. And he's like, no, no, no I can see this. I can see this. Whatever oh, yeah. is on the wall, yeah. you're perfectly fine. So he starts off quite sort of confident and it just, he just gradually gets, loses control more and more and more as the episode goes on. That's, that's what I like. Yeah. And um, when you say about the people turning around mm. and diverting all of their sort of panic and stuff towards the doctor, it's, it's, um, it, it's obviously a clear message in the episode that, when people don't understand something and they're scared and they don't know what's going on, they'll lit, they'll turn, you know, human beings yeah. have a way of just react, you know, reacting in a very harsh way and, you know, paranoia and that fear takes over and you can't calm down and it just, you know, the rational side of your brain switches off. And so that's good as well. Cause we see that unfortunately in everyday, you know, events and stuff. So, mm. you know, it, it it brings that message, you know, through kind of not not subtly either, because there are a couple of points where if something I mean, I know the hostess kind of saves the doctor at the end, but mm. um there's a couple of times where they absolutely go for it and you think, Are they gonna throw her out? Yeah. You know, they're yeah. really up for it. And especially with a doctor at the end, they're like moments away from just tossing him outside. Bye bye, doctor. It is, and it does, it makes you think as well, because you sort of, while you're watching that, you're sort of putting yourself in their position thinking, would we, you know, would would I do that? Would, you know, is it, because basically, if you're in, trapped in a spaceship with someone you think's possessed, and you think you've got to save yourself, would you, you know, it's like a pack of wolves, isn't it? It's like survival of the fittest. Would you, would you all get rid of him? So that get rid of the, you know... Exactly, the danger yeah. yep. um, so yeah it's, it does make you think and like you said it's not subtle but it also is done in such a way that I think is good it's not like a sort of not done in a cheesy way or, mm-hmm. or you know or anything like that it does just does actually make you think yeah god you know they are actually going to do it sort of thing yeah you know, which unfortunately like you said can be reflected in, in real life at times yeah so it's again a good bit of writing let's rattle through some of the cast because there's a few of them yeah there is yeah uh, Jethro A.K.A. Merlin. Merlin! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think he plays like the typically moody, grumpy teenager that doesn't want to be stuck with his parents on a sightseeing tour. I think we've seen that a billion times. Any of us that have gone on holiday and gone on excursions and stuff. Yeah. or, Or just, you know, on holiday in general, there's always the grumpy teenager. Nowadays, they have their face just buried in their phone and, you know, they don't care what they're, what's going on around them. So um, I think this is reflected fairly well. It's a typical, meh, whatever. 
Yeah, no, I, I like him though. I think he's. I mean, he doesn't get a lot to do in the episode, but I like him. Yeah, I think he plays quite the the sort of sultry teenager quite well. Actually, he's not bothered at all, is he? Yeah, Colin Morgan. He he was really good in Merlin. Um, but yeah, he plays this. Uh, plays this little. He's only got a little part, like you say, but he plays it fairly well. Yeah. Um, Biff. Biff. Biff Kane. Which one's Biff? Is he the bearded chap? He's yeah. He's the um. So you got the he's there like mum and so Biff is the dad and then Val yeah, is yeah. the mum. Um who we would recognise as what's her face from EastEnders. EastEnders, yeah. Um, um Carol. Carol, yeah. So these for me, these were the two well there was three, to be honest with you, but mm. these were the two out of the three that um not that annoyed me as such, but I didn't really care for them too much. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Then they're not—they're okay. They're not terrible, um, but they're a little bit hammy mm-hmm. in their acting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, they're, they're okay. They're, yeah, they're not—they're not dreadful. We've seen worse, Planet of the Dead, <laughs> but um, <coughs> yeah. yeah, but they're—they're uh, they're, not—they're not too bad. But they're—they're they're a little less convincing, perhaps, than than the rest. Yeah, they were—they were just a bit too, um, a bit too. Uh, I'm trying to think, like not. Not not expectedly written, but they were too. Um, I'd I'd like to have seen a bit more of 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 them two arguing because, you know, they they do have a little pop at each other at one point, mm. <laughs> you know, and you know when they're when they're threatening to throw him out, and I think she yells at him like, "What sort of man are you?" or something like that. Or, yeah, he's like, "I'm going to take care of this." So, and then they obviously nag nag uh, Jethro quite a lot, but I'd have liked to have seen them. Uh, at each other's throats a little bit more, right? They they seem to just be a bit too too typical of a of a family unit for me. But they're they're okay. Yeah, they're I was okay. gonna say the actress playing um is it is it Val is it the Val, yeah. EastEnders actress? Yeah, she should be used to doing that shouting role quite a lot. Yeah, that's just what that's I mean. all yeah, they yeah. do in EastEnders, isn't it? Shout, just yell at each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Dee Dee, Dee Dee. I like Dee Dee. Yeah, she's pretty about- good. I don't, there's something about her. She's really sweet, and she's sort of clever, mm-hmm. and she's the more rational of the group. Um, well, and- she is to a point because the, she really surprises the doctor, doesn't she? Because there's um, there's a bit when they're all having that discussion around whether they should throw Sky out of the shuttle quite yeah. early on, and she's like, she's the one, isn't she, that says, "I think we should throw her out." Is she? Yeah, because the doctor's like, oh, no. And she's like, I just want to go home. Remember, oh, she's right. like, I just want to go home. I'm sorry. You know, so she's not, she's quite, um, not wouldn't say reluctant, but she's, you know, she looks quite, she doesn't like disappointing the doctor that because obviously see something in her. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. she's just like, I just want to go home. I'm sorry. So oh. she's the one that's like, yeah, let's lob her out. DD. Yeah, D-D, I think yeah. You, no, no, you mentioned it. I think you're right. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Well, we all have our little moments, don't we? <laughs> we all have our little <laughs> But she's good though. She's quite she's and I like the likeable. way Yeah, I, I I think it was well written that she got beat up a lot by Professor Hobbs. Yeah. David yeah. Well, Troughton. He's not very nice to her, is he? Talk to us about David Troughton, Adam. Oh, must I? Um it, <laughs> I, I didn't really thing is, I, I must explain before I go on. I don't really have any I don't have any issues with David Trout's performance in this. I think he's okay. I didn't realise he was such a late, uh, so late in being cast because apparently it was supposed to be Sam Kelly was cast and had an accident, and David Trout was um, 
was sort of brought in two weeks before, okay. I believe. So it was a very yeah. late replacement, which I didn't realise. And to be honest with you, yeah, his performance is 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 fine. I think uh, for the for the role he's playing, um, my beef with David Troughton is just that I we were talking last week of the podcast about people that we when we met them and they were having an off day. Yeah. Um, David Troughton was definitely having an off day when I met him. I I saw him in a play with Catherine Tate. And uh, I met them both at the stage door. Catherine Tate, an absolute delight. Couldn't have been nicer. Uh, David Troughton was a real miserable sod, I'm afraid. <laughs> he, he really was. He was He was really quite rude to me. So I do have a bit of an issue with David Troughton, but um, I'll let him off. As I said, we all, have, we all have bad days. Perhaps he just wanted to go home. I don't know. But he wasn't particularly nice. So every time I see him on screen now, I'm just like, oh, that miserable so-and-so. <laughs> Um, but he's okay in this. I think he plays the part pretty well. And like I said, if he was given only two weeks to get to grips with it in, in such a sort of uh, complicated script, I think he does a, a fairly decent job. I think he's okay in this. Yeah, he's uh, a bit over the top. He's a bit hammy as well, isn't he? But Yeah, I think for the, the way the part was written, though, where that character was written into the story, I think, it, I think he does okay. Yeah. He, he was like the third person for me that I didn't really take a liking to. Um, just because I, he he just got a bit annoying after a while. He's smug, his character is smug in it, isn't it? But isn't I, he? Yeah, but you can't really beat that up too much because I think he's meant to be. You know, he's yeah. meant to be that annoying, especially towards Dee Dee. He really gives her a hard time, especially when he loses it. Basically, yeah. yells in her face like you're no, you're nothing but average and. You know. I just want him to slap him. Yeah, I, I wanted face. that as well, just to give him a right hander and just shut yeah. him up. But that's yeah. what I wanted to do when I met him. But, um, um, <laughs> what about the um, what about the character known only as Hostess? I don't think she's particularly great as an actress. I have to be honest. I think she's one of the weaker performers in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's not very. She's too smiley and she's not very convincing um to be honest yeah she's all right again not terrible but she's not great yes i would so agree I with that yeah yeah i don't really feel you know sounds harsh i don't really feel that sorry for her when she jettisons out the ship at the end because yeah she's not brilliant but it is nice that the doctor says to them all at the end does anybody you know yeah, know her yeah. name because that does again it, it sort of brings it home you do sort of think oh yeah yeah, it does make you think. Yeah, because for the 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 beginning part of the trip, um, you wouldn't care to ask her what her name is, would you? Unless she was wearing a name tag, you wouldn't care. Like you don't when you go on a plane somewhere, you don't ask all the hostesses what their what their <laughs> names are. So you take it for granted, and then yeah, it does bring it home. At the yeah, end, he's like, exactly. "What was her name?" Everyone's like, "Don't know." Oh dear. Mm. The woman that so sacrificed herself. We have no idea who she is. The woman who saved us all, yeah. yeah. No idea who she is. Yeah, so, so it's a very poignant and nice moment, I think, that. Yeah. But, um, uh, okay. Uh, Leslie Sharp as Sky. Fantastic. Yep. Absolutely brilliant casting. Well acted. Proper scary. Yeah. I think she's superb in it. Yeah. Um, she's naturally got scary eyes. Yeah, and I hate saying that because, you know, it's probably it's probably not the nicest thing to say about somebody, but she has got like creepy. Not you wouldn't run out of the room, but she's got, you know, 
just naturally creepy quite i, I don't know maybe well, I you can say it. i don't I'm not, i don't think she listens to the podcast i think you're all right I'm she not might the, do. yeah she, i don't think she's listening this week but <laughs> yeah i think she has got just naturally creepy eyes mm. and that really sort of added to the to the creepiness of that character as a whole like when she that first moment when you can't see her face um and uh, you know that something's wrong and then when she turns around you're like oh it's still scary even though she's not like typically distorted and alien face or anything she's still quite scary but uh brilliant casting though yeah absolutely and she's actually quite likable at the start because she's she's one of these you instantly get her character she's like a strong female she's you know she's impressed that the doctor turns the music off so you get the impression that she's stern but she's got a sense of humor do you know what i mean it's just because she sort of smiles at him when he switches all the the entertainment off on that so yeah. and they actually do bond a little bit at the start don't they the doctor and sky yeah so she's asks, quite uh, likable yeah. to begin with you get that you get that she's sort of no nonsense but but quite a decent person so when she does get possessed um you know she in turns proper scary i think she just does both parts really really well so for me yeah i agree with you perfect casting great casting uh, yeah. leslie sharp yeah um and let's uh we had a little uh, cameo from rose yeah rose yeah Th- that was a common theme wasn't it throughout this series it's so so i love the way they do that in this though because the, the tv monitor comes on when he's got his back to it yeah and for just like two seconds you just see rose on the screen shouting but obviously he can't see it because he's got his back to it. And it's just a brilliant little moment. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, it's to do with the overriding arc uh, of this series. So it doesn't take you out of the story at all. But it's, yeah. it's a cool little moment, that. Yeah, unless you were a first-timer and you were watching this episode, you yeah. might have been like, who was that girl? What was that? What was that about? So, mm. But then that would only um, sort of pique your your enthusiasm to watch more of it, I guess. But yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so obviously as watchers of the whole series and stuff, you knew exactly what was, what was going on, but um, not sort of over the top either. It was only a couple of seconds. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just thought it was a really, again, a nice simple idea, but w- one that worked really effectively. Yeah. It's just the fact you're like, doctor behind you. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. It's a panto moment, isn't it? Yeah, she's yeah. behind you. Yeah. Um, yes. And lastly, um, David Tennant. I think he's absolutely fantastic in this. The the bit where he gets frozen and he's almost crying. Yeah. And he's just I think uh, you know when he's when he's um sat on the floor at the end after they've all been saved and he looks physically drained. Yeah. I would imagine that's how he really felt after filming this episode because he really puts in a performance I feel yes. in this and a really good performance, yeah. Absolutely mate. I think it's one of his um I think it's one of his best performances as the it's Doctor. It's superb. It's up there yeah. with like, it, it's in like the top five tenant performances without a doubt for me. Um, purely because we see um, various different states of of David Tennant as the Doctor in this. We see it quite humorous at the beginning. You know, he's on the phone to Donna and I can't remember the exact line, but he's like, oh, shuttle full of strangers going across the planet called midnight. What could... You know, possibly it's, go wrong. Yeah, it's quite funny. And then those scenes at the beginning when he's absolutely shocked as everyone else is that there's cartoons blaring out and yeah. disco music and, you know, he's got that sly little sonic comes up. So, you know, it, it's quite funny. 
in those scenes at the beginning. And then as we go through, it goes from funny to being concerned to worried, scared, angry. He like really shouts a couple of times. Yeah. We just see a real broad spectrum of of his acting skills in this. And it's just so good to watch. It's, it's, it, that's one of the reasons why you can't stop watching it. Mm. Because his performance is brilliant. It there, is. There's nothing else to say, really. It's, he's just great from start to finish. He just really brilliant. is. I must admit, my my appreciation of the Tenth Doctor it, it does go up more and more the, the more I watch him because he's. I know he's your favourite new series Doctor. Yes. Um, he's not mine, but I have to. But I. But the more I watch him, the more I realise how good he was. I think whenever I think of the Tenth Doctor. I think of things like, um, you know, the Mockney accent. I think he's a little bit too human, The all the emotions and kissing and falling in love. So I kind of think of that, which is what sort of doesn't make him my favourite new series Doctor. And then I watch episodes like this and also Forest of the Dead and all the other ones I watched the other night, and I just realise, actually, he really is a fantastic Doctor, you know. And, yeah. it's, and like you said, especially this episode, I think I'd rate it as one of his best performances. And it really propels him up to the to, to the top of my my doctor's list. You know, I can never decide on a favorite doctor. I never will ever be able to decide on a favorite doctor. But nah. but this puts him this puts him very high in my opinion. I think. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. And I think that's a, that that's the case with. I see that quite a lot on Twitter mm. um, when people have said, "Oh, I'm going to go back and watch this one," and then they follow it up with something like forgotten how great tenant is and, and all mm. that stuff so it's, it's it's probably a quite a common reaction when you haven't seen um like a, a real solid great tenant episode like this in mm. a long time and then you watch it and you think blimey you know he was great as the doctor so yeah because i mean don't get me wrong I, i've always liked the tenth doctor and i've always thought he was really good but i've never sort of said he he was like my favorite or or you know or, or anywhere near favorite but it's just the more we watch him and the more we review him, the yeah. more I realise, actually, he, he was really, really good. A bit like this episode, I suppose. I just My appreciation of it just goes up every time I, I watch it, yeah. Yeah. You'll get that with Fall to Doomsday after a while, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> One thing before we move on to scores. Yeah. Um, and this thought, if you have this thought in your head, it will instantly transform this episode into a... Uh, uh, from a creepy, scary episode into just a complete spoofy comedy funny and you won't find it scary anymore. Can you imagine this story, but instead of the passengers that we see um, in the shuttle, just replace them with the holiday bus from Delta and the Bannerman? <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant thought. What a mashup oh, episode that would be. Superb. Yeah, because yeah. those guys well, bite the dust like, anyway. Yeah. They? So you know, it, it's just a, I, I always link the two together. One, and two, I've, three o'clock, four o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can see it now. And, oh, it'd be brilliant. And uh, that scene at the end that you mentioned, where they're all just sitting around, quiet, and the doctor just looks completely beaten up, yeah. having that song. Here's to the future. <laughs> you know, at the end. <laughs> Somebody needs to do a mashup of that yeah. right now. That'd be brilliant. Oh, what a what a great thought. Anyways, scores on the doors. I believe it's my turn to go first. Okay. I good. think. Um, so, uh, this is a very easy score for me. This is a nine for me. 
Nine out of ten. I don't need really to discuss it much, just for the reasons we've just said, really. I, I have scribbled my score out three times. I can't <laughs> decide. Um, the first score I wrote was nine. Then I thought, oh, is that a bit high because some of the acting is a bit wooden? So I went down to 8.5 and then I scrubbed that out because I thought, no, it's better than that. <laughs> so I'm going I'm going to stick with you on this one because I really do think it's good. So I'm going to go with a nine as well. Righty, yeah, cool. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, not some sometimes when we say it's an iron, oh, mine's a nine as well, or we get the same score, because uh, we did that with the story um, Dalek, the Eccleston story, mm-hmm. and just like that one, um, I think we can both agree it's absolutely deserved. Yeah, yeah, this one. Yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah, it's really good. It's brilliant. Right, what did you guys think? Um, we're going to play some audio first. Uh, oh, this good. is Joe Sweeney. Hello, Gary and Adam. Here's my review of Midnight. I do find it is a, it's quite a dark and scariest episode on Modern Who, but it's not a strongest episode of Series 4. I mean, I do enjoy it, but on the flip side, um, I did find the story can lag in between places, but it, the episode does have some potential, like David Tennant gave one strong performance, and I love how the Doctor was so enthusiastic and he's taken a huge excitement to that, to that situation. And also how he's alone and he's so vulnerable, even when facing um, angry passengers. Um, support, the supportive cast was good, um, but Leslie Sharp was very, very good as a Sky Woman with her, when, when she was being possessed and her eyes and her creepy voice. I thought that worked very well even when she has to talk at the same time as the other actors are, which I feel that must have been very extremely hard work to, um, to, to, get it, to get it right. And then she has to do loads of outtakes for it. And also, I do like how the, the episode was building up when the Doctor was being possessed and, and he was about being thrown out. I thought that was quite, quite dark. And also, the ending was a bit meh. But it does leave you exciting for the for, 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 for the three part finale. So I'll give the episode um, a score of um, I'll give it a five and a half out of ten. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye for now. Thanks a lot, Joe. Brilliant, Joe. Actually, Joe's just reminded me as well. I do love the the ending when the the, the Donna just jokingly mimics what the Doctor says, and he's oh, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, don't do that. No." don't ever do that <laughs> i really like that that that's another indicator of just how much it's rattled the doctor he looks you physically know. drained doesn't yeah. he at yep. the end he needs to get in that spa by the end of this episode <laughs> <laughs> he does yeah he needs to needs to hoy donna out into the tardis and get yeah. that dressing gown on um <laughs> right you guys you, you gave us quite a few comments on this one across twitter and facebook so i'm going to try and get through these fairly quick and we got some um some other audio as well. Uh, over on Twitter, George Garrity, uh, his Twitter name is at G underscore unit 91. Uh, he says, once again, I don't see what all the fuss is about. Uh, the tension is weak and thus there's little threat. Uh, when you have very little amount of characters, you need the acting to be good. But in this, it feels rather wooden for the majority of the time. Mm. Uh, majority of the cast, even Tennant isn't great in this one. Mm. Sorry to be the sole buzzkill, but I'm going to have it I'm going to give it 2.5 out of 10. Wow. wow. Um, Perhaps George I... should give it another watch like me, Perhaps because that's maybe how I felt when I first watched it. I wasn't impressed. Maybe give it another watch, George, unless you already have, in which case, fair enough. 
Yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, your opinion. Um, Ian Palmer, uh, at Ian Palmer Sound, says, probably my favourite episode. Uh, sound is so important to the episode, not that I'm biased, of course. Um, uh, Peter Adam uh, at Pedro the Hoovian says uh, once again a dreadful episode four out of ten our good friend Louise Loopy Lou says uh, one of the best standalone episodes in the entire history of Who great story cast and incredible performances ten out of ten lastly on Twitter uh, Daniel Fox at Daniel Fox 999 says one of the best episodes in New Who uh, the fact that you have no clue what the monster is is a fantastic idea 9 out of 10 uh, actually a couple more on Twitter uh, The Doctor Who Show at The DW Show says an ep that does so much with so little but I do get distracted by Trout and thinking Cor isn't he like his dad mm. 7 out of 10 that's very true especially his mouth and that whole part of it it's exactly the same as Patrick um, I'm saying no more about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, David at David uh, David's ideas says uh, gonna, uh, Donna gets the best of it a day in the spa yeah uh, she does escape a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in this episode because she is uh, just chilled out mm. uh, let's do um, uh, some more audio uh, this is Cavan uh, Cav- uh, uh, Gilby. Hello, lads of the Big Blue Box podcast. Me again. So, Midnight. Russell T. Davis's. Hope he comes back for the next series. Paranoia filled fun fest. This is one of my favourite Tenth Doctor stories, despite the Tenth Doctor being my least favourite Doctor. This relatively small cast is great for the episode and has a few shining stars among them. The brightest of these stars is Sky Sylvester. The actress that plays Sky has a fantastic skill of being able to be in perfect synchronisation with the others. But, very bright star, there is a black hole, and that black hole is the family. I really didn't like the family characters, the the because each character felt a bit like a stereotype. Um, other characters, uh, especially Dee Dee, is really uh, I really like Dee Dee. And I would love to see her as a future as a future companion. Well, her mentor, in a way, Professor Hobbs, is also a really good character, and he reminds me a little bit of Colin Baker's Doctor. Um, the episode itself actually has a surprisingly sad moment for me, with the death of the unnamed hostess, who sacrifices herself to save the others. Um, the actual the actual Midnight Entity itself is a really good concept, because I like the concept of the invisible enemy. And for me, its intro sequence is one of the most memorable scenes of modern Who. Overall, Midnight is a tense and dark story with some great characters and a great villain. 9.5 out of 10. 9.5. 9.5, yeah, that's good. Another high score. Cheers, buddy. Um, let's go to Facebook. Uh, ben Smith uh, says, an absolute classic. Uh, best story of New Who. It's creepy, atmospheric, and has a brilliant villain. Uh, Tennant gives his greatest performance here, as we see the Doctor is most vulnerable. Um, all the supporting cast are extremely realistic. What more could you ask for? 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Lewis Palmer, a masterpiece. Midnight is probably the best, or at least second best, thing that RTD wrote for Doctor Who. Story works without Donna around this time, as it makes uh, the Doctor more vulnerable and alone when things go crazy near the end. Um, uh, this is how to do creepy. 
Uh, when Sky gets possessed, it is chilling, and she slowly goes through different stages. Uh, and David Tennant shines here. His performance as he is getting thrown out of the ship helplessly is incredible, and you can tell that it affects him after it happens. Uh, overall, Midnight is a scary and claustrophobic story which really does deserve all the praise that it seems to get. Uh, this is what we need more of, 9.5. Mm. Uh, Sammy Satine. Uh, this is genuinely one of the scariest episodes of Doctor Who I've ever seen. In fact, watching it still scares me now. Uh, we never learn anything about the creature that is attacking the ship. Uh, I say creature, but not even sure what it is. Mm. Um, uh, the repetition freaks me out, and the idea of having the Doctor's authority taken away from him is brilliant. Uh, I feel claustrophobic, scared, out of my wits at the end when they are uh, taking a breath in relief that is over, and I am too. The hostess sacrificing herself in uh, in order to save them and never knowing her name is just so utterly brave and devastating. Um, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. And she goes on to say, and on a side note, I love David's shirt. Yeah. I think he's wearing the blue shirt in this, isn't he? He's rocking a blue, yeah, blue shirt, crazy hair. Like it. Uh, Kai McNamee. Uh, Welcome back, Kai. Uh, definitely one of the strongest episodes um, from the pen of RTD and of the new series in general. A claustrophobic, atmospheric and sinister story that explores the darker side to human nature. Self-contained character piece that depicts the credible reactions of a group of ordinary people in a very frightening situation, as well as showing the more arrogant, self-important side to the Tenth Doctor. Uh, the villain is made all the more sinister by its mysterious origins and motivations and it honestly scared the hell out of me when I first saw it in 2008 even now I get a deep feeling of unease when I watch the episode a 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 cheers Guy Uh, audio this is um, our good mate Jay Kent Hey there, Gary and Adam. Hey there, Gary and Adam. Oh, you're enough of that. Hope you're well. Now, Midnight, this is scary done right. There's nothing I love more than seeing the Doctor scared, and I hardly think he ever gets more scared than this. The Midnight entity in itself, however, is probably the least scary part about it. While it's an enigma and the thought of the unknown being terrifying, it's the people that are frightening. These little characters that we've had time to develop and know, hear their dreams and ambitions and funny stories, suddenly turn on the character we trust the most. Loads of Shows have done something where the humans should be feared rather than the monsters, like The Walking Dead, but none have done it as brilliantly as this. Tennant's performance in this is harrowing, bringing the terror of the whole situation together. I'm going to give this 10 out of 10. I love it that much. Claustrophobic, tense, and funny in a perfect mixture, like a nice milkshake. Hope to see you next time, guys, and yeah, have a good one. <laughs> nice. nice one. Cheers, Jay. Uh, continuing with Facebook, uh, Jim Cameron says, Not a typical RTD episode, but in my opinion, his very best. Mysterious, creepy, and tense. The Tenth Doctor's uh, never seem so vulnerable. Great stuff. Uh, Adrienne Porter, possibly one of the scariest episodes in New Who. It definitely shows the darker side of mankind, given the fact that the Doctor almost died. It was eerie, suspenseful, chilling, and I absolutely loved it. 10 out of 10. Uh, Amber Jade Wilkinson, uh, clever, dark, and underappreciated. Great human survivalist story. Mm. Uh, Finn, uh, Finn Walsh says, Before I give my review, guys, I have to say I never gave a negative review or comment about any story that I've gave uh, my opinion on, but this is the first uh, negative review. <gasps> Finn. I really dislike this story. Boring all the way through, not creepy whatsoever, even though it's trying to have that kind of creepy vibe. But overall, really dislike the episode. Wow. One positive was David as the Doctor. He was the only good thing about the story, so I'm giving this my first bad review a 3.5. My goodness. Oh dear. Callum MacArthur. Uh, a great episode and very different to all the other episodes. 8 out of 10. 
Oh, while we're on Callum, that's our little friend cousin's 2019, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, just want to. We both want to wish you happy birthday, Callum. It was Callum's birthday on Wednesday, so hope you had a good one, mate. On Wednesday, okay, yeah, happy birthday, mate. Yeah. Uh, lastly, on Facebook, Jeff Waddle uh, says genuinely didn't like it at first, but grown to like it more every time I've watched it. Mm. Uh, think what put me off was Tennant and his mockney worst at the start, uh, but he is very good by the end. Creepy, one of the better ones in his run. Eight out of ten. Yeah, good stuff, Jeff. Um, and before I play the last audio clip, do you have any Facebook stuff from the Geeks Handbag? Yes, I do. Yeah, I'll just rattle through these. Again, this, this proved to be quite a popular one for comments. So Danny Brown uh, says, absolutely amazing. One of the best New Who stories ever. He gives it nine out of ten. Ryan Anthony says, three words, unusual, fresh, exciting, eight out of ten. Uh, Mike Anderson, nice standalone episode. Mark Daniel Mooney says, great episode, one of David's best. And Jenkins, lots of great acting. I watched this last week with my daughter. Paula Black, liked it a lot, especially David Troughton guest starring. Oh, just move over that one. <laughs> um, sorry, Paula. Um, Dalek Empire says, it's a great episode. I do love this one. One of my favourites from Series 4, and it had Colin Morgan in it. Bonus points, 9 out of 10. Yeah, <laughs> Colin's cool. Will Lloyd, our competition winner, he says, from ages ago, he says, a great episode, very tense and claustrophobic. Also, Aisha and Tony is really good as Ruth, Benny Summerfield's friend in the Big Finish audios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jamie Lawson, uh, we, we had a bit of a sort of comment thing, basically repeating each other's answers, which was fun. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf podcast, he says he loves this one, and uh, he also did an interview with Aisha and Tony as well, so I need to check that out. Um, and Paul Burns, really imaginative episode and superbly acted, particularly by Leslie Sharp, who gave a very unsettling performance. It goes to show that a limited budget and top-class acting can combine to produce a truly memorable episode. I can even forgive the lack of Donna in this one. Also, very nice to have a Troughton back in Doctor Who. Mm. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> uh, George Coppen, really interesting episode. I remember when it first came out, no one at my school liked it. And now all these years later, it becomes a fan favorite. It's an ep I really should watch for. 7.75 out of 10. I like to be different, George says. <laughs> and finally, Alex Evans, the music makes it. Any episode which has its own music specifically composed for it makes it all the more special and unique, says Alex. And he's right. And I think the music really does help to add to this one. So, yeah, some great comments there. Seems pretty much well, a little bit mixed, but mostly positive. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. I think the handbaggers are pretty positive on this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's finish up. Um, what, lastly, uh, this is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Garrett, from the Big Blue Box podcast. Now, Midnight. I'm not the biggest fan of Midnight. I think it's overrated. <gasps> Strangely interesting at the same time i mean there are so many things that russell t davies was trying to portray on this episode and i think one thing that um, russell t davies does get right is the fact that how he portrays humans and how we can portray each other so very quickly i think that's one of the biggest things this episode i don't really like the people that he meets i think they're just i especially those parents of merlin i forgot the actor's name but i know he played merlin um, but I do like the fact that Donna isn't in this episode, even though I do love Donna. I think it added for a new dynamic. Um, one that I haven't seen with the Doctor, as you can see, he 
I think David really gave it his all. I think that was something that came across in this episode. But the monster to me, people say, it's, oh, it's very complicated, it's interesting, it's scary. So, it's a monster that um, possesses things. So the hostess decides to, uh, you know, sacrifice herself, which is a lovely scene. But then wouldn't the spirit thing just go out of her body? That's not explained very well in the episode, I don't think. So, yeah, I'm going to give Midnight a 7 out of 10. Thanks, guys. I'll uh, see you soon. It's a good point, sir, Alex. That is a good point. Cheers, Alex. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so another mixed reaction there. I mean, uh, we can't expect everybody, you know, to fully, you know, like the episode the same way that everyone else does. But um, I am surprised at a couple of the thoughts Naked. and scores and that. But, you know... It's all good. I've just thought, actually, yeah, it's a good point about the creature escaping when when uh, she jettisons herself. Maybe the creature went into David Troughton, and that's what was wrong with him when I met him at the stage door. <laughs> it all makes sense. Now everything clicks into now place. Now everything yeah. clicks into place. <laughs> we just needed Alex Kingdom just to slot the last piece of the jigsaw in. Yeah, well done, Alex. <laughs> um, I was just going to say to you, actually, one other thing that occurred to me while watching this. Do you think the moth slightly ripped off the idea of the invisible enemy and all the suspense stuff when he wrote Listen? Because all that's got all the banging on the door and you don't see the monster and all that. Yeah, I think it was. I think it did it's take a, little bit, a, few, isn't it? a few beats from that. Yep. I never thought it before, but watching this again the other night, yeah, it just occurred to me. Yeah, you naughty man. You Moth. naughty man, yeah. We're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, um, we've got a cracker next week. Oh, yes. Talking of Troutons. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing next week, dude? Next week, we're off to the tomb of the Cybermen. Ah. Second Doctor story, and I wish I could do the Cybermen voice. they doing that. Yes, wow, that's going to be good. Is that a six-parter? Um, or is it four? I always forget with two. I always think it's. Always think it's a long one. I think it's a. I think it is a six-parter. Yeah, I've got a feeling. Yeah, so looking forward to a bit of Pat Troughton. Yes, yeah, so one of the Troutons that you don't actually mind <laughs> at all. Yeah. I bet Pat's up there now, going, "Leave my son alone." Um, uh, buddy, it's a four-parter, so we're okay. Is it? All right. Oh, yeah, I, always, I had a feeling it was a, a six. I don't know why. I always think it was um, longer than it is. But yeah, it's been a while, so it'd be good to revisit that one. Um, what will be interesting is when we, at some point, get round to Troughton's last story. Because that's, that's a fair few parts, isn't it, mate? That's a ten-parter, yeah. That's gonna, old, we're going to need a... Yeah. Yeah, ye old ten-parter. Mm, maybe we should start watching it now. Yeah, we'll watch one episode a week. A week. So in roughly, yeah, 10, 11 weeks time will be good to go. All games. I must admit, <laughs> actually, I uh, I nearly gave that a, a rewatch recently because one of our listeners, um, a girl called Liv, was, was watching it. And I thought, yeah, Troughton. I haven't watched that one for a while. War games. But I, I didn't get around to it because I, I am fully aware that it's a 10-parter and I need some some time to do it but yeah one day one day we should get round to that then part <laughs> one day one day cool until then i think we should head off to the lost moon of poosh of poosh let's yeah. close there buddy yeah So that's episode 
84. 84. Thank you very much for listening. 84 to, to Doomsday. To do- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for sticking with us and listening to all of our waffle. I hope you enjoyed our review of Midnight. Um, that's a funny name, actually, isn't it? Poosh. Poosh, yeah. The moon of the... What is it? The the lost moon of Poosh. It's very tenanty, isn't it? That? Yeah. Poosh, yes. And that gets, um, that gets a mention uh, in the finale, doesn't it? It's one yes, of the planets that... Yes, yes. Next week, the Tomb of the Cybermen. Jamie, Zoe! Zoe! Yes. Jamie, Zoe! <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to, uh, to re-watching this one for the review. So am I. Um, I don't think it was that long since I last watched it. I think about three... A few months ago. Well, I've um, watched it for years. It's, uh, it will be a good review, I think. Because yeah. there's lots remember- going on in this one. There is, yeah. There's a lot going on, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't watched it for a long time. I'm, I'm well, well looking forward to watching this. I can only remember the bit where the Cyberman or somebody lifts up a Cyberman, and you can just see a big wire hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> lifting him up. I seem to remember that, but yeah, yeah it's going to be good. It will be good. Well, yeah, head over to our website, BigBlueBoxPodcast.co.uk. From there, you can listen to all of our previous episodes, and you can also um, uh, click links and go off to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and all that stuff you can also subscribe to our show just do a search for it in itunes uh, big blue box podcast and if you are an itunes listener and you subscribe in itunes if you could pop a uh, a rating and a review for our show that would be amazing uh, also check out adam's channel the geeks handbag uh, enjoying your uh, you can find that on twitter on facebook and youtube and enjoying your latest video as well the vlog day number two Doctor Who experience. I watched yeah. it a couple of times now. It's very, very good. Yeah, so much. So, did you like the shop? Oh, I love the, the shop. shop. Oh, yeah. isn't there some great stuff in that shop? Yes. Um, so yeah, so check out Adam's channel. All good stuff there. Uh, until next week, as David Ten- uh, David Tennant said very succinctly at the beginning of this episode. Alonzi, are we ready? Mont my name's Ga- Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. My name's Gary. <laughs> my name's Adam. And remember. Uh, uh,